Welcome to Zikhu Daf Siman Ram Gold High and today Mazakas Gidden Daf Membav, the fourth parak Hasholeach. The Zikhu Mazakas Gidden program has been generously sponsored by Zikhu Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one, the mission on the previous Daf taught that one who divorces his wife because of Shemra, a bad reputation meaning rumors of adultery, or because she made a netter and he doesn't want a wife who makes nadarim, he may not remarry her thereafter. Two reasons emerge from the Gemara. In one version, Rabbi Nachman said, This is only so where he told her, I'm divorcing you because of your bad reputation, or nether. He holds the reason he cannot remarry as Mishim Kikua, because of the ruin the husband may cause her after she remarries. If he explicitly tells her the cause of divorce, he can eventually contest the divorce if the rumors turn out to be unfounded, or the netter is annulled, saying he would not have divorced her if he had known. Therefore, the rabbis decree he may never remarry her to ensure the get is not conditional. In the second version, Rav Nachman said the husband must tell his wife he's divorcing her because of the rumors or the netter. He holds the reason he cannot remarry her is so that Jewish women should not be lawless regarding illicit relations and nadarim. Therefore, he must explain why she's being divorced but cannot remarry her regardless. Point number two, the Mishnah Rabbi Yudas said, If he divorced her because of any netter she made, which the public knows of, he cannot remarry her. If it's not publicly known, he may remarry her. He holds a husband cannot remarry her to prevent lawlessness regarding Nadarim, but only a publicly known nether, which he holds cannot be annulled, is sufficiently lawless to prohibit remarrying. Rabbi Shubin Levi explains Rabbi Yehuda's source that a publicly known netter cannot be annulled, but the Pasuk states, And Ben Israel did not strike the Givoni because the leaders of the congregation had sworn to them when they falsely presented themselves as distant travelers. Rabbi understands that the reason they observed the oath rather than annulling it was because it was known publicly and could not be annulled. The Rabban responded that the oath was never effective in the first place since it was made under false pretenses. The only reason they did not kill them was because of Kedusha's Hashem, the sanctification of Hashem's name, so idolaters should not say that the Jews violate their oaths. And pointing with you, the last mission in the Duff states, One who sells himself and his sons to idolaters, impotent so we do not redeem him or his sons, of a potent as a bonimulachim but we redeem the sons after the father's death. Ravasi says, This is so where he sold himself, repeated it after being redeemed, and did so a third time. He's not redeemed again because he'll continue to sell himself, relying on the community to redeem him. The residents of Beimechse who borrowed money from idolaters and could not repay, and the creditors took them as slaves. They came to Rav Huna asking to be redeemed, but he said he cannot redeem them because of the Mishnah's ruling. That is, that borrowing without the ability to pay is tantamount to selling oneself. Rav Huna noted that these people were accustomed to borrowing this way. So once again, the three points are number one. The mission on the previous stuff taught that one who divorces his wife because of Shemra, a bad reputation meaning rumors of adultery, or because she made a nether and he doesn't want a wife who makes a darim, he may not remarry her thereafter. Two reasons emerge from the Gemara. In one version, Rav Nachman said, This is only so where he told her, I'm divorcing you because of your bad reputation, or nether. He holds the reason he cannot remarry as Mishim Kikua because of the ruin the husband may cause her after she remarries. If he explicitly tells her the cause of divorce, he can eventually contest the divorce if the rumors turn out to be unfounded or the netter is annulled, saying he would not have divorced her if he had known. Therefore, the rabbis decree he may never remarry her to ensure the get is not conditional. In the second version, Rav Nachman said the husband must tell his wife he's divorcing her because of the rumors or the netter. He holds the reason he cannot remarry her is so that Jewish women should not be lawless regarding illicit relations and nadarim. Therefore, he must explain why she's being divorced but cannot remarry her regardless.
Pointing between the Mishnah Rabbi Yudah said, If he divorced her because of any nether she made, which the public knows of, he cannot remarry her. If it's not publicly known, he may remarry her. He holds a husband cannot remarry her to prevent lawlessness regarding the dharm, but only a publicly known nether, which he holds cannot be annulled, is sufficiently lawless to prohibit remarrying. Rabbi Shubin Levi explains Rabbi Yudah's source that a publicly known nether cannot be annulled, but the Pasuk states, And Ben Israel did not strike the Givoni because the leaders of the congregation had sworn to them when they falsely presented themselves as distant travelers. Rabbi understands that the reason they observed the oath rather than annulling it was because it was known publicly and could not be annulled. The Rabban responded that the oath was never effective in the first place since it was made under false pretenses. The only reason they did not kill them was because of Kedusha's Hashem, the sanctification of Hashem's name, so idolaters should not say that the Jews violate their oaths. And pointing with you, the last mission in the Duff states, One who sells himself and his sons to idolaters, impotent so we do not redeem him or his sons, of a potent as a bonimulachim but we redeem the sons after the father's death. Ravasi says, This is so where he sold himself, repeated it after being redeemed, and did so a third time. He's not redeemed again because he'll continue to sell himself, relying on the community to redeem him. The residents of Beimechse who borrowed money from idolaters and could not repay, and the creditors took them as slaves. They came to Rav Huna asking to be redeemed, but he said he cannot redeem them because of the Mishnah's ruling. That is, that borrowing without the ability to pay is tantamount to selling oneself. Rav Huna noted that these people were accustomed to borrowing this way. Alright, so now we go to Simmer Daf Memvav, and her standard simmon is a cow, a cow that goes moo. So here goes. The woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced because of a bad reputation, passed by some Jewish leaders making a public vow to what looked like a group of non-Jewish distant travelers, who owned a Jewish man who sold himself and his sons to them three times in a row, and can no longer be redeemed. Once again, slow motion. The woman sent away riding on a green cow. Cow, that must be run Duff Memvav. Moo. The woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced her because of a bad reputation, which reminds us, the mission of the previous daf taught that one who divorces his wife because of shemra, a bad reputation, meaning rumors of adultery, or because she made a netter, and he doesn't want a wife who makes a dorm, he may not remarry her thereafter. Two reasons emerge from the Gemara. In one version, Rav Nachman said the reason he cannot remarry is Mishim Kilkula, because of the ruin the husband may cause her after she remarries. In the second version, Rav Nachman said the husband must tell his wife he's divorcing her because of the rumors of the netter. He holds the reason he cannot remarry her is so that Jewish women should not be lawless regarding illicit relations and nadarim. Therefore, he must explain why she's being divorced, but he can't remarry her regardless. So the woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced her because of a bad reputation, passed by some Jewish leaders making a public vow to what looked like a group of non-Jewish distant travelers, which reminds us, Rishub and Levi explains from Yudah's source that a publicly known netter cannot be annulled is based on the fact that Ben Israel did not strike the gimonim because because the leaders of the congregation sworn to them when they falsely presented themselves as distant travelers. Ravuda understands that the reason they observed the oath rather than annulling it was because it was known publicly and could not be annulled. The Rabban responded that the oath was never effective in the first place since it was made under false pretenses. The only reason they didn't kill them was because of Kedusha's Hashem, the sanctification of Hashem's name, so idolaters should not say the Jews violate their oaths. So the woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced her because of a bad reputation, passed by some Jewish leaders making a public vow to what looked like a group of non-Jewish distant travelers, who owned a Jewish man who sold himself and his sons to them three times in a row, and could no longer be redeemed. Which reminds us, the last mission on the daf states, One who sells himself and his sons to idolaters, impotent also, we do not redeem him 
or his sons, Vapodin as Sabanim, Lachar Misa Zavihem, but we redeem the sons after the father's death. Ravasi says, Vahushamachar Vashana Vashilesh. This is so where he sold himself, repeated it after being redeemed, and did so a third time. He's not redeemed again because he'll continue to sell himself, relying on the community to redeem him. So once again, the woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced her because of a bad reputation, passed by some Jewish leaders making a public vow to what looked like a group of non-Jewish distant travelers, who owned a Jewish man who sold himself and his sons to them three times in a row, and could no longer be redeemed. All right, so now it's time for Forbelabach Hazara. Daf Membeis. So the Simur Daf Membeis is a mobster. So here goes. The mobster, mobster, that must be more in Daf Membeis. The mobster in the green pinstripe suit, who made the meaningless gesture of telling his two slaves that he gives them each half of his fortune, which reminds us of Bryson, which taught that one who writes his possessions over to his two slaves, teaches that the slaves do not even acquire themselves, is where he said he gives half to each slave. So even if he gave to both simultaneously, he may have intend to give the same half to each slave, leaving each one second half for himself. So the mobster in the green pinstripe suit who made the meaningless gesture of telling his two slaves that he gives them each half of his fortune was furious when his half-freed Evid was gored by a bull on the day that he worked for himself, which reminds us that Gamora says that if an ox gores a half-slave, if he was gored on a day that his work belongs to his master, damages are paid to his master. Yom shel atzmo atzmo. But if he was gored on the day that his work belongs to himself, the damages are paid to himself. Still, he cannot marry a slave woman on his master's day and a free woman on his day because isura loka amrinan. We cannot say his status changes daily regarding prohibition. Only monetary arrangements can be divided this way. So the mobster in the green pinstripe suit who made the meaningless gesture of telling his two slaves that he gives them each half of his fortune was furious when his half-freed Evid was gored by a bull on the day that he worked for himself and was told that he may not be able to collect kanas for the Evid that he freed but was awaiting a get shichur, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, Mu'ukab get shichur, a slave who has been free but needs a get shichur, yeshul kanas o enol kanas, does he have the law of kanas that if he's killed by someone's animal, the owner pays the master 30 shekel or not? Do we say that since the Pasuk says the money is given la'adunav to his master, and this master who has no monetary ownership is not a true master, or do we say that since he still requires a get shichur, he is still called his master? Daf Mem Gimel, so the similar Daf Mem Gimel is a magazine. So here goes. The master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine. Magazine? That must be more in Daf Mem Gimel. The master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine to see if a slave of his kanas rights to his slave was valid. Which reminds us, at the end of the previous Daf, a question was asked, Evish Mechal Rabul Kanas, a slave whom the master sold only for rights to the kanas, which would be paid if he's killed by someone else's animal, is this sale valid? This question is expressed in the context of Mochokas Hanayim regarding, regarding whether Adam Makna Dabr Sholubo Olam, a person can transfer that which does not yet exist. So the master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine to see if a sale of his kanas rights to a slave was valid, sat next to his wife who was engrossed reading her Shaduchim for Slaves magazine with the cover picture of a half-slave being Makadish, a free woman, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, Misha Chetzio Evid Vechetzio Ben Chorin, Shikidash Bas Chorin Malu, one who is half-slave and half-free man, who is Makadish, a free woman, what's the halacha, meaning is the marriage effective for his free half? The question is explained, even if we say about a free Yisrael who said to a free woman, be married to half of me, that the marriage is valid, that may be the Chazil Kulei, because she's fit for all of them, meaning a full marriage. But perhaps a half-slave who's incapable of a full marriage cannot perform a half-marriage either. On the other hand, even we say that Kedushna of a free man who says, be married to half of me is not valid, that may be the Shire Bikinyano because he left out part of his acquisition by not making complete Kedushan. But with a half-slave whose entire freed half 
is marrying her, the condition could be effective. So the master flipping through the pages of his green slave market magazine to see if a sale of his knas rights to a slave was valid, sat next to his wife who was engrossed reading her Shaduchim for Slaves magazine, with a cover picture of a half-slave being Makadish, a free woman, which included a fascinating interview with a half-slave woman who married someone and then married someone else after being freed. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses what is the din if a half-slave woman marries someone, then becomes fully freed, and then marries someone else. Daf Mem Dalad, so the similar Daf Mem Dalad is mud. So here goes. The muddy slave mud, that must be one Daf Mem Dalad. The muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater, collecting on a debt, which reminds us, the Mishnah Duff Mengimam base taught that one who sells a slave to an idolater must buy him back and set him free. A Bryce here states that if an idolater forcibly collected the slave for his debt, or an extortionist took him, well, Yatzel Harris, he does not go free since he was not willingly sold. So the muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater, collecting on a debt, was put to work in a mud pit next to a slave who was sold to the idolater, who was praying his master's son would have to buy him back after his father died, which reminds us, Rabbi Yirmi asked Rabbi Asi, Makra Abdul Mames, one who sold a slave to an idolater and then died, Maushi Yiknesu has been no what's a halacha regarding penalizing a son who inherits the estate to require him to buy back the slave? So the muddy slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater, collecting on a debt, was put to work in a mud pit next to a slave who was sold to the idolater, who was praying his master's son would have to buy him back after his father died. From shock when he found out, he'd have to refund the money from the muddy field he sold during Yovel, which reminds us, one who sells his field during Yovel itself, during which fields previously sold are returned to the original owners, Shmuel ruled that the sale is not valid and he must refund the money. Daf Mem Hay, so the Simmer Daf Mem Hay is Monopoly. So here goes. The slave ran away from his master in Chutzlars to Eretz Yisrael, carrying his green Monopoly board Monopoly. That must be more on Daf Mem Hay. The slave ran away from his master in Chutzlars to Eretz Yisrael, carrying his green Monopoly board, which reminds us the Gemara relates an incident where a slave once fled from his master who lived in Chutzlars to Eretz Yisrael. When the master came to bring him back, Rabbi Ami told him to free him and the slave would pay his value because he could not force him to leave Eretz Yisrael. This is based on a drush Rabbi Akibar Rabbi Yoshia, where the Pasuk says, L'tasker evet el adunav, you shall not hand over a slave to his master, a slave who escapes you from his master. So the slave ran away from his master in Chutzlars to Eretz Yisrael, carrying his green Monopoly board, arrived at a deserted house where he discovered a captive rabbi with two captive sisters stirring boiling pots with their hands. Which reminds the Mishnah states that one cannot ransom captives for more than their value because of Tikkun Olam. And the Gemara relates the story of Rav Elish discovering the Rav Nachman's daughters who stirred boiling pots with their hands were not righteous but were sorcerers. So the slave ran away from his master in Chutzlars to Eretz Yisrael, carrying his green Monopoly board, arrived at a deserted house where he discovered a captive rabbi with two captive sisters stirring boiling pots with their hands, and an idolater writing a Sefer Torah on top of a matching green Monopoly board, which reminds us the next mission states, Bein One may not buy Sefer Torah, Tefillin, or Mezuzahs from idolaters for more than their value, for societal benefit. Three opinions of Tanaim are quoted about using a Sefer Torah written by an adulterer. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which the one that a master does not get the kanas when his half-slave was gored on the day the slave was working for himself? That's on Duff. Membeis. Good number two, which stuff do we discuss why one who divorces because of his wife's bad reputation or nether cannot remarry her? That's on Duff. Membav. Good number three, which stuff do we discuss if a master's sale of his rights to a slave's kanas is valid? That's on Duff. 
Mem Gimel. Good number four, which stuff to discuss in Machuk is about a nether made publicly and the story of the Givonim, that's on Dav. Mem Vav. Good number five, which stuff to purchase money is refunded for land sold during Yovel, that's on Dav. Mem Dal. Good number six, which stuff do we discuss a case of a Chetzi Shivcha who marries someone, becomes fully freed, and then remarries someone else, that's on Dav. Mem Gimel. Good number seven. Which stuff to discuss redeeming one who sold himself and his sons to idolaters three times? That's on Dav. Mem Vav. Good number eight. Which stuff to discuss what the halacha is if a slave runs away from his master in Chutzwarts to Eretz Yisrael? That's on Dav. Mem Hey. Good number nine. Which stuff do we discuss whether the law of Kanas applies in a case of a slave who was freed but awaiting his get shechur? That's on Dav. Membase. Good. Number 10. Which stuff do we discuss a case where the master told someone he freed a slave and the slave says that he was not freed? That's on Dav. Mem. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Gold from Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.